0: All right, everybody, welcome. It is Tuesday, November 16th at 11.14 a.m. West Coast time. There are some big hokey headlines, huge hokey headlines. Uh, As of today, Coach Fuente and the Virginia Tech football team have agreed to mutually part ways, uh, making J.C. Price effectively the—what is the word? Interim. 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 I knew it was an I or an A word.
1: He's an intern?
0: He's an -um. (laughs) intern-um. Head coach of the Virginia Tech Hokies. Um, And we're here to give you some thoughts. This is obviously before the Duke and Radford post-game thoughts podcast, which was recorded last night. Without this context, obviously. Um, So we're just going to run through some of our thoughts and then uh, dive into letters from the lunch pail. Um, We're going to go round table style. Thoughts on Coach Fuentes' tenure. Actually, before we do that, all I want to say is... I am excited for the future of Virginia Tech. I think that this was a move that was absolutely necessary. Um, I do have a lot of love for Coach Fuente. I have a lot of love for that staff. Um, Excited for his future and excited for Virginia Tech's future. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not transferring. I'm still (laughs) going to talk about Virginia Tech (laughs) athletics. I'm still going to love Virginia Tech athletics. I am going to root for these coaches wherever they end up. But uh, thoughts on the tenure and thoughts on the news in general. Drayson, we'll start with you.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, first off, I, wanna, I do want to shout out Coach Fu. He's always been so gracious to us. He gave us an hour and 30 minutes of his time about a year and a half ago, uh, came on the show and talked to us, for which we we're very, very appreciative. Uh, you know, this, I think, was a necessary evil. Uh, it was it was time to turn the page. Time for a new chapter of Virginia Tech football. Uh, things just weren't working out. We all we all kind of knew that this was coming, uh, in some capacity or another. I have to eat some crow. I did not think that this would happen pre-December straight up. I don't know it if that's you, sons of crow eater. I, I, I just sons of surprise. I told people I was like I would not bank on anything happening before December, and here we are, and we've mutually agreed to part ways. Obviously, in 2016, things started out hot and then just kind of, you know, got progressively worse, if you will, as his time in Blacksburg went on, as this regime's time in Blacksburg went on. So it's it's time for change. I'm excited, uh, especially for Coach Price. I hope the guys can rally behind him these last two games and pull out two very much needed and very two, two very big dubs, uh, but... Witt's got a lot. He's got a big decision to make, and I hope it's the right one when the time comes.
1: Pat Finn? Yeah, I think uh, we had a lot of highs. We had a lot of lows over the past six years, and the timing is interesting. The timing was kind of like the biggest surprise when everyone woke up this morning, especially us three. (laughs) Uh, Since the news was dropped at like 745 Eastern time, got a text from my dad wake up <laughs> wake up foo foo who got let go but um, I thought that was interesting just because of the buyout and that's something that you know was also addressed in the press conference earlier this morning um, was that the buyout was negotiated and it was dropped from 10 million uh, anything before December 15th would be a 10 million dollar buyout and uh, the ne- negotiation brought it down to 8.75 million. So you know, save 1.25 million, get the uh, pull the trigger a little sooner here, and then it allows us to embark on this coaching search earlier than we uh, you know than we could have planned for. So I think that's solid as far as just having you know two, three, four extra weeks to let everyone know that this job is open to bring people in for interviews. You know, Billy Napier is going to be in. In Liberty uh, this weekend, playing at Liberty, you know, right around the corner from us. Um, but you know, a lot to consider, and also just a weird feeling that the fact that first time in in our lifetimes that the football coach has been relieved of his duties, uh, which I, you know, it's just an interesting spot to be in, especially before the season ends here. Uh, one thing I wanted to kind of chat about really briefly was the um, the fact that. Coach Fuente was given the option to finish out the season. Uh, he's given the option to finish out against Miami and against Virginia, and he declined um, you know, declined that option. I think you could take this two ways. You could think he's quitting on the team, but I also think it's kind of just a business decision. If he's trying to interview for other jobs, you know, probably around the central central United States time zone you know, he's got to look out for what's best for himself and his family. And it's kind of like if, if you got fired and had, you know, two weeks left on your contract, would you want to finish it out if you were essentially fired? I don't think I would. Um, I don't necessarily think that's quitting, but I understand why people might, you know, rush to that judgment.
0: I didn't even look at it that way. I looked at it from this standpoint when uh, Witt was explaining it. And he said every Wednesday they had this conversation about – Um, When they met on Wednesday, they talked about was he going to continue to be the coach? What did it look like? And when he was told that he was not sure he would continue to be the coach, it, A, you say, look, if you don't have the faith in me to do this job, start looking for somebody else. I'll look to go somewhere else. And it's not fair to kind of just have these kids in limbo. So... It bothers me to see so many people talking about him one way and pushing one narrative where you see Dalton Keene, Oscar Bradbury, Jared Hewitt, Armani Chapman, Trey Turner, and all of these other people viewing it in another in another manner. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's never – something like this is never pretty. Something like this is never a ton of fun to go through as a fan, as a player, as anybody. Um, yeah I definitely didn't look at this as
1: as as someone that quit on his team. It's a breakup. It was inevitable. It was going to happen, and no breakup is a hundred percent a clean break. Um, yeah and I think you know taking bits and pieces of everything that is put out on the table and you know overanalyzing or you know maybe just thinking about something a little bit too hard is not necessarily the best way to go about it in my opinion. I think uh I think what we really should focus on is just what's next instead of just yeah. um, kind of talking about the last six years and what happened wrong. I think it's very important to address what did go wrong so we don't make those mistakes again. Yeah, uh, Because we know a lot went wrong over this six year tenure. Um, there were some positives, but there were also you know, some negatives which leads to this ultimate conclusion, right? Um, but you know, I think As we move forward here, we know what are going to be the biggest things to prioritize. Um, Top of the list is going to be recruiting. I think that, you know, it goes without saying here, just the last few classes, we're really looking to bring in someone who can make the mid-Atlantic Virginia Techs, you know, Virginia, Northern Virginia, the DMV, North Carolina, even into South Carolina, continuing to recruit Florida as well. Um, You know, I think this next guy is going to have to be someone who the fan base can embrace and someone who embraces the fan base as well. Just so we're kind of all aligned. We're all reading from the same sheet of music. You know, people are getting access that they're, you know, that they want. Um, And I think those are some of the things that, you know, we've learned over the past six years as far as like the toughest parts about the tenure was the recruiting. The PR, the you know, development. E- every year there was some some PR issues. Development was not good. Roster management was not good. Um, and then lastly, losing to teams that you should not lose to. You know, Duke in 2019, Liberty in 2020, ODU in 2018, UVA in 2019. Um, Syracuse you know, in 2020. Syracuse in One. 2020, 2021. Syracuse in 2016. Wake Forest in 2018, or, excuse me, 2020. Um, you know, those are things that leave a bitter taste in, in fans mouths and looking forward, it's, you know, who's going to be that next guy. It's not going to be easy. And, um, you know, we definitely are, are behind wit in making a decision. I think with the timing of of how this all went down, I feel like wit definitely has a plan or has his guy just based on how he's made hires in the past as well. You remember Buzz Williams was hired within like five or six days of James Johnson getting let go. Um, I think Coach Fuente was hired very shortly after um,
2: Coach Beamer or, retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: then uh, I think – I don't know who put out the tweet, but I think it was Mike Barber. They said how uh, Kenny Brooks was hired within like four or five days after, um, you know, after his previous guy. So I think Wood has a plan. Um, I think – I think the media did a good job in the presser earlier, asking some of the more challenging and tough questions. Oh, they brought Steezy. The heat. Steezy yeah. they they brought easy. The wasn't playing sheet. around today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had a few good questions. I know Tim Thomas had a good question, you know, bringing up the Tommy Tuberville hire at Cincinnati. Um, is that a good? Uh,
0: is that a good question? Bringing up the Tommy Tubervilles, because I, here's what bothers me, is we're holding Wit accountable for the Justin Fuente hire. How mad can you be at Wit for hiring Coach Fuente when it seemed to be the right hire? Do you want to be angry at him for not moving on faster? I feel like that's a, a worthy thing to be upset about. But if you look at the entirety of the hires that he's made, to go ahead and say... He hired Coach Fuente. Well, yeah, he hired Coach Fuente, and so would have basically every program in America would
1: have hired him as well. At the time, it was the right move. It just didn't happen to work out.
0: So I I don't understand why that
1: continues to be an argument. Um mm-hmm. and to be to be the ar- fair. The argument is that he's made two football hires that have gone south. Agreed. That's essentially it. Yeah.
0: And what he did today. He knows that he knows the pressure is on. What he did today too is he wore a lot of a lot of that. He apologized he's multiple a times. Lot of crow. Um, he said this wasn't a failure on Justin Fuente, this was a failure as us as an entirety. Mm-hmm. So I gotta say we saw transparent and personable and Fed honest, up, very, I, think. I, I don't even say fed up. I think, I think very, up. I think very honest. I think he was just ex- extremely honest about everything that happened in this tenure and where uh, where it went. Where he, did you get
2: fed he, up from? I, I think it, no, I just think it says a lot, man. Like he was talking about how these last eleven months he hasn't really seen any kind of change in identity right. of, of the football program, and, and I think maybe okay, fine, maybe fed up is wrong, but. I think he realizes that a lot of what he talked about last year in that press conference the the kind of the State of the Union address where he comes out and says everything's fine that a lot of those things were not true uh, and and kind of a facade and a front and it's like they they really weren't okay we we weren't we didn't really have an identity these last couple of years as a football program. And he said that today and here we are. Mm. And that's why we've mutually agreed to part ways with Justin Puente.
1: I don't know if this is an unanswerable question, but I, I asked you guys if coach Fuente could go back to 2015, what do you think he would do differently?
0: If he could go back to 2015, I don't know if he would have done anything differently entering the 2016 season. I not mean, not think,
1: entering the 20. I'm just saying, looking at you know, if he knew that his career had an expiration date at Virginia Tech, what do you think he would have changed? You know, whether it was before 2018 or just even getting rid of corn or you know making some adjustments to the staff or pro, you know, I not think that's going it. To
2: Texas, like I think that's it. He would if if you had to guess, I would say he'd probably knowing what he knows now. It's business is business. College football is a business, and you have to be – I mean, I don't know if he would be as loyal to the guys who he came in here with, and I'm eyeballing specifically Brad Cornelson. I I think Brad Cornelson, his loyalty to his boy Brad Cornelson, was the final nail in the coffin that cost him his job in the end.
0: I think there are a lot of things that Coach Fuente, as one of the younger coaches in college football, if he decides to be a head coach uh, later on, and I think he'll certainly have the opportunity – He's learned a lot, uh, and I'm excited to see how he applies that and what he does moving forward. I will say the tr- – so you mentioned the trip to Texas. If you want to take something away from the Coach Fuente era or one of the things positive away from the Coach Fuente era, that trip to Texas directly led to Virginia Tech having more money allocated to football. That's just my – I, I, I no, think no, that's, that's how – I, I think that's unarguable.
1: That was a net positive of the Fuente era as far as, hey – we need more resources. I need more uh, just from like a a personnel standpoint. Mm-hmm. Obviously, facilities are being taken care of here over the next few years as well. Um, but I agree with that for sure. Like, that's definitely one of the positives of this era is that, hey, you know, we can't just rely on, um, you know, relying on what we had right. with the Beamer era, but more so, hey, this is college football landscape changing as far as how modern college football has become and how we have failed to adapt and struggled to keep up there. Um, that was definitely something that was, that was important, but at the same time, you know, you don't, need, you don't need X, Y, and Z to win the Coastal or compete in the Coastal and that's obviously where the failures were and that's why we've come to this point. And it'll be good
0: because uh, I wish Coach Fuente could have seen it through and get been the beneficiary, um, but someone will be a beneficiary of these new facilities, of this improved staffing budget, Uh, and we've seen the results, who knows how it'll end up, but we've seen the results in this 2020, 22 class, um, and how they felt about the facilities and the impact that that's made. Um, to wrap this up, I do want to say, I have a lot of love for coach Fuente. I have a lot of love for the entire staff who maybe some will be retained. Maybe some won't be retained, whether that's the strength staff, the support staff, nutritionists, everybody else. They've been in Virginia. The families have been in Virginia for a long time and have given a lot to Virginia Tech. And I wish them nothing but the best. Um, But again, extremely excited for the next chapter of Virginia Tech football. It's a weird position to be in that we haven't been in ever. So that's that.
1: Programming update. What we're going to do here is we've gotten a lot of letters from the lunch pail here on this Tuesday. We're gonna compile all of the letters from the lunch pail together, and also bring our top candidates to the table, kind of like in a college football playoff style. Who are our top candidates? Who's getting invited to the playoff? Who should be our top four? Uh, so we're gonna do that on an episode, probably later in the week or over the weekend, uh, so everyone gets their questions answered, but also so we can talk about who we want in Blacksburg next fall, because this is a it's a big conversation. Think, guys, think about think about this: the Virginia Tech head football coach. Is one of the most important figures in our lives. It's kind of a, it's kind of a funny thing to think about, but um, most of you guys who are listening to this podcast would agree with that, right? I would. Uh, Whoever is the head football coach in Blacksburg is a very important person in our lives. So uh, with Babcock, we're hoping uh, the right decision is made, and we're looking forward to it as well.
0: Alright everybody, we haven't done one of these since, when was the last time we were all together in the same place?
1: Is that uh, Charlotte? I think after we beat Louisville in 2020, Halloween weekend. That football game? For the first time right. in... I mean, I'll
0: just... I feel like that's not right, but maybe so. I don't know. So, listen. That's Pat. That's Grayson. Dude, you got chill. And that's Billy Ray. <laughs> that's Billy Ray right there. <laughs> and there's Billy Ray. And that's Matthias in the all background. Th- all three of us are in the same place, and we're here to talk about two Virginia Tech programs, well technically three, because women are handling business on the basketball court as well. We have multiple victories to discuss. The Virginia Tech men's basketball team just got done baptizing the Radford Highlanders, and the Virginia Tech football team defeated Duke. I mean, we scored a lot of points for the first time in quite some time. We beat the Duke Blue Devils 48-17. to 17. But As usual, we are the Sons of Saturday. We are all in San Diego, California. It is Monday, November 15th at 8.01 p.m. West Coast time. And we are brought to you by Main Street Pharmacy. Main Street Pharmacy is your go-to spot. Yesterday, Pat needed some Tums. You know where we wanted to go? Main Street Pharmacy. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. This morning, I was feeling a little under the weather. Maybe I wanted some cough drops. You know where I wanted to go? Main Street Pharmacy.
2: Grayson, what did you need? I wanted a LaCroix, but I couldn't get that. I don't know. Could have gone to the Main Street Pharmacy to get a Victory LaCroix. A Victory LaCroix.
0: To, in the sake of transparency and being honest with you, the listener, that is a Bud Light, not a Rick LaCroix, but you cannot see it. Anyway, how's everybody doing, guys? We're excited to talk some hokey football. Where did Did we watch watch this football game? Dude, Pat, it's your first time. You can take it with where did we watch? I mean, you literally skipped over a hokey haiku. We skipped over the hokey haiku because we're so excited to be together. So why
1: don't you go ahead and read the hokey haiku? This one comes from Michael Hudson. Michael Hudson with the haiku. Mike Young basketball cures the Justin Fuente Blues. That's a lot of syllables. That's, That's a lot of
2: syllables. Dude, that was seven. Okay. Uh, Yeah, not for seven. That's uh, a lot of syllables. Like, is it a lot? That's a relative term. That's the question. Yeah,
1: seven is a lot of syllables compared to five, but that's a haiku. Five, seven, five. Cool. Sorry, Michael. We're gonna start over. (laughs) Mike Young basketball, that's five. Cures the Justin Fuente Blues, that's seven. Hokies needed this. That's five. That's a haiku poem. Great job. Michael Hudson first time. First time, long time? First time submission, Michael, the Ginger Ninja. Love the submission. <laughs> the ginger Ninja. And love the handle. Gonna give you a follow
0: back right now. You just mm. listened to that happen in live action. Also, cute dog. That's a beautiful canine in your AV.
2: Is that a uh, German Shepherd? Looks so like wh- a. German where Shepherd where, to where me. is he? Because It
0: looks that's like he's like really, really, really There's some yeah. biome in the back. Um, the Andy's hat? He's got on a great key hat. Play, key Play hat. We need to send you a sunset hat. Is that hat. Key Play or is that FCA? I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell. It's a little blurry. Um, Anyway, where did we watch? Pat, it is Pat Finn's first time visiting me in San Diego. He finally made his way west. Pat, you can take it away with how you've enjoyed San Diego and where we watched this football game.
1: Yeah, so I'm here, not a, you know, kind of a funny way that this all worked out, but I had a work trip last week out to Phoenix, met my team for the very first time uh, out in Phoenix, and that was a lot of fun, and... My trip was Wednesday to Friday, and Billy Ray was like, "Listen, man, you're gonna come all the way to Phoenix and not stop in San Diego before you go home." So I was like, "Yeah, let's parlay this in a little little long weekend action." And here I am. It's Monday. I'm still I'm still in San Diego, and we're having a great time. But we went to
2: Bubs. Bubs. B u b s at the beach. Bubs by the beach. First dub for Grayson at Bubs at the beach ever. Watched two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So th- this this is a thing we're doing. Every time I talk in the third person, I get a dead arm. You punched him so hard. That was so aggressive. I, won- I, won- I was wondering why that just happened, but then I realized. Dude, yeah. stop talking <laughs> Dude, in the third stop person. Stop talking in the third person. Guess what happens? Dude, I get dead arms. Anyway. Sons of uh, got. I got to see the Hokies win f- two games. At Bubs at the beach, the football yes. game and the men's basketball game. So yeah, that was we awesome. crushed
1: Navy on Friday. You know rolled into town on Friday, went suck to Bubs, suck at Jackson, and uh, had a great time. And came back the next morning and <laughs> had some more fun at Bubs. The nachos, wow. the nachos were great. Nachos, uh, ringing the bell when the Hokies scored a touchdown. I the mean, big pretzel. I mean, I've been, a, I've been to a couple game-watching bars, you know, in various cities, but I think Bubs is the best one that I've been to so far. So shout-out to BUBS by the beach.
0: The San Diego Hokies did a great job. I don't know if you uh, guys know Ryan Thompson. Yes. He holds a uh, – a, uh, I, uh, what am, what, why am I forgetting What the fundraiser?
2: word is? A fundraiser A <laughs> fundraiser
0: Every game in the third quarter uh, And this time There was nothing to give away But Hokies doled up Like 410 bucks To give back um, uh, For food for the needy yeah, Which you love to see Under sons. under uh, Underprivileged mm-hmm. kids Yes So we love to see that But the turnout Is always great They got some great decorations Really cool Budweiser sign With the uh, with, with the, the Stratocaster ro- or, yes, or whatever Yes exactly mm-hmm. um, But that's not What we're here to talk about We're here to talk about The football game Let's just Off the top Virginia Tech amassed 573 yards. I didn't know that we could do that, but we indeed did it. Uh, Other than that, we had 276 yards through the air, 297 on the ground. Uh, Malachi Thomas was a little banged up, so he got a little bit of rest. We saw the Keyshawn King and Raheem Blackshear show, which was awesome. Um, But guys, let's jump right into, we could start with dislikes. Um, Grayson, go ahead. Free form. What did you dislike from the performance? If there was anything, of course, there's got to be something from the game on Saturday. Sure.
2: I mean, for an offensive performance where I loved a lot of things, I guess my only nitpick is the drive where Raheem Blackshear started to really pop off. He had two huge runs. We didn't score. We didn't even kick a field goal. I would have loved to have seen us score on that drive, uh, and we didn't. Honestly, outside of that... Dude, 48 points. Is that the, That's the most all season, right? It has to be the most that we've had all season. Uh, well over 500
0: yards of total offense. Um, I, I came away from this thing, I guess, with two things. Number one being winning is a lot more fun than losing. Fact. And two, Duke's defense is one of the worst that I have ever seen in my life. Really, really bad defense on the side of the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, if you go ahead and you look at the... Breakdown of carries, we had nine carries for Keyshawn King, nine carries for Burmeister, seven for Malachi Thomas, and 12 for Raheem Blackshear. Um, Yeah, I didn't really have too much to dislike. I think the offensive line played well. We protected Burmeister. Um, I guess we
1: can just kind of shift right into likes. Uh, Pat, you want to kick it off with likes here? Sure. Um, Balanced attack, running the ball and passing the ball. But um, I think... Across the board, you're going to hear this a lot. That just to see Keyshawn King contribute in this football game, I think that was pretty huge. Because he's, you know, he's kind of been a guy that's been was tossed in early in the season, had the fumble against Carolina, and then you know, kind of just disappeared over those first few game, games. And you saw a lot of his carries get taken away once we were, you know, distributing the load to um, to Blackshear and to Holston, and then <coughs> the, the emergence of Malachi Thomas. But Keyshawn King really made a difference in the in the receiving game, which, you know, something you really don't expect to see. Um, you know, the way we open up the playbook to get him open uh, down the left-hand side. Let's see, one reception, 47 yards, and a touchdown. And then on the ground, nine carries, 90 yards. And a touchdown. That second touchdown, we heard the Lazism. It was awesome. John Lazor to Mike Burnham. Crown him, Mikey. Crown him. Two touchdowns for Keyshawn King. Great to see a, uh, a young guy like Keyshawn King contribute. I like to see that even though
0: it wasn't for a long time, when Knox Kadem came in the game, we actually did allow him to throw the football, which is part of the job description for a quarterback. Knox Kadem came in. He was 2-for-3 with 61 yards. Uh, That's 30.5 on average with two completions, which you like to see. But, Pat, on the ground, Raheem Blackshear. Coach was talking about it. He's learned to hit the other way, work the bunt, not swing for the fences. What did
1: you see from Raheem Blackshear? (laughs) Uh, Blackshear has really come on strong this second half of the year as well in the running game, running between the tackles. But also, we've been able to get the ball to him in open space. You said it during the game? In the passing game. I said, look at that. Get him, you know, get him open on a little HB slip screen and see how far he can go. You know, ask Madden. Raheem Blackshear, 12 carries, 117 yards, one touchdown on the ground at 9.8 yards per carry. And then in the receiving game, two receptions, 40 yards and a touchdown. His running touchdown, I think it was his running touchdown in the first quarter. The first one. The first one was, I mean, that was just a great freaking play. You know? Absolutely, uh, and he's had a handful of very solid, uh, you know, 15 plus yard gains that have gone for touchdowns this year. Um, so he's been integral and was ACC running back of the week this week. So hats off to Raheem Blackshear and the running game. Just seeing guys dominate in the running game. I will say this is probably this might be the worst Duke team that Virginia Tech has played since we've been in the ACC, and that's you know 17 wow. years. Uh, yeah. I mean, this Duke team is horrible. Let's let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> Horrendous, but uh, to see guys like uh, like King and Blackshear play well is awesome.
2: It, it makes you I wonder. I like
1: I like when the Hookies can run the football.
2: It makes you wonder. I asked Billy Ray and Pat this. Uh, you, given how bad this Duke team is, it makes you wonder if David Cutcliffe will retire at the end of this season. I don't know. It does feel good to get such a marquee win against them, forty-eight to seventeen, after what happened in twenty nineteen, especially in Lane Stadium. I saw. In the Hokies FB recap video, Taviana Robinson was in the middle of the huddle, and he was like, come on, y'all. Let's get a win at home. It's been forever. Let's get a freaking win at home. And so for that to have happened, especially on Senior Day, gosh, we needed that. It was also good to see, again, I've I've said
0: this the last couple podcasts, the fans showed up. It was a great environment that we saw. It was a cold day at Lane Stadium. One other thing that should be a like here, I guess it's a dislike on the officials, Daywan Lofton had an awesome touchdown catch oh, that, was tough. that was called back because he apparently stepped out of bounds. I did not personally think he stepped out of bounds. Um, there was somebody in the way on the step in question. But unless Daywan Lofton wears like a size 36 shoe, <laughs> it was pretty obvious that he did not step out of bounds. I think that kid's got a really bright future, um, especially with guys <laughs> like Trey Turner moving on and guys needing to step up. So I'm excited for Daywan Lofton's future for sure. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball, we finally saw some sacks and pressure in the backfield. The Hokies forced four sacks. Um, defense, my opinion, played great all day long. A um, couple of standouts. Dax Hollifield had 13 total tackles, one sack to go with that. I'm going to be honest. Here was my highlight. I thought this was Tay Daly's best game of his career. Tay Daly had a really, really good game, both in uh, tackling and coverage. Um... Tay Daly, shout out to you. You had a great game on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I mean, defense played well. Defense got the pressure. Taiwan Garbutt is my guy, though.
2: <laughs> Scoop score, baby.
1: Taiwan Garbutt scoring the first defensive touchdown in Lane Stadium since Norrell Pollard. No, Jermaine Waller. Jermaine Waller. Yeah, that's true. In a, winning, <laughs> in a winning effort. In a winning in a effort. effort. In a winning yeah, effort. You know what? On that note, you wanna talk about how many great touchdowns that we've had over the years that were like defensive or special teams touchdowns in Lane Stadium that, specifically? That have been forgotten because they were in a losing effort. Oh man. Like rattles I, them off. I don't want to go off on a little tangent here, but one of them that comes to mind is the Justin Harper. Kick return against Kansas in the Orange Bowl. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, where, where it wasn't just a kick return; it was a reverse.
2: Eddie Royal and Justin Harper. Eddie
1: Royal pitches it to Justin Harper, and he goes to the house.
2: I was thinking Macho Harris in two, the 2008 Boston College game in Chestnut Hill. He had a pick six, and we ended up losing. And it was that was like one of his best plays <laughs> ever. That's another one right there. Yeah. Um,
1: how about? Uh, even this one, like Hezekiah Grimsley's pass to, uh, I don't even know who caught it um, against Notre Dame in 2018 that was called back. Yeah, for the legal man down the field. Yeah. Yes, yes. Was down oh field. my gosh,
2: I do remember that. So so many of those, so many of those. But, I mean, winning effort this past Saturday, Taiwan Garbutt. That was awesome. It was, it almost. Emulated that Norel Pollard scoop and score a little bit. The just ball was on the ground forever. A long time. Forever. Yeah. Uh, and then to see Taiwan pick
0: it up. And again, I mean, I've talked about this. Another thing I've talked about all year is just I, I love seeing the kids excited. I love seeing the guys fired up to be out there. I think Tay Daly said this in post game They said, What was your favorite thing about today? And it was just seeing smiling faces, seeing guys <laughs> happy. I mean, this is a football team that's. Had a bit of a depressing couple last weeks, um, and to come into Lane Stadium, handle business um, against the Duke team. Uh, as Bryce, Bryce Chalkley likes to say, sometimes it's just good to watch your team win a football game, and Facts. Duke is exactly what the doctor ordered for us to get that done. It's exactly right.
1: Kind of a bummer that uh, we didn't get to be there, but, um... Yeah. Looked chilly. It looked chilly. Looked cold. really,
2: really cold. It did look cold
0: in Blacksburg, Virginia. Um... Fellas, I think that does it for likes and dislikes. We can do where the game was decided. I think where the game was decided was due to the fact that Duke is just really awful. Duke yeah. is really bad. Um, Tech had a really good offense. I loved the play calling. Uh, Grayson, even I, you said
2: it. I said it like five times on Saturday. I had no qualms with the offensive play calling at all. I, I really, we weren't just executing. It comes down to execution and Burmeister you know, was seemed just probably the most comfortable he's been all season long. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, I was just happy to see him out there. I'm glad that, that – I mean, that man is a tough SOB. He just keeps going out there, keeps wanting to help this team win. Uh, and we needed him on Saturday, uh, and and we got the job done. A lot of people had hands in the clay of this victory.
0: Out to lunch, which Grayson has been really – Really, I don't want to say excited because he's been angry, and when he read the tweet, rage filled his face, tears filled his eyes. (laughs) I don't know about tears. (laughs) Teeth pellets were falling from his mouth as he grinded his teeth at Bubs. I'm going to just let you go ahead and take out to lunch after I say shout out to Roots Natural Kitchen. Sons of Sat 21, listen, we have restructured the code for Roots Natural Kitchen. I know you guys love to be healthy. I know you guys love to get 20% off. And for a while it's been, look, you can only use this code once, you can only use the code once. Starting today, Sons of Sat 21, it is 20% off of all of your bowls from here on out at Roots Natural Kitchen. Download the app, use code Sons of Sat 21, 20% off your bowls. That means you could be 20% stronger. You could lose 20% of your body fat. All of that built into this discount code for you, Grayson. Take it away. I know you're fuming and ready to roll. <laughs> Download the Roots app. Yes, you gotta, you gotta do that. And uh,
2: follow
1: them on
0: Instagram at RootsNK. There you go. Grayson's still mad. Can we delay
2: this any longer? Or are you ready? No, 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 no. Shout out to our friends at Roots, man. I love that El Jefe Bowl. Uh, it's absolutely delicious. Anyway. I
0: did, I did get a text. I'm sorry. Yeah.
2: I did get a text from Mike Santa
0: Maria. He said we need to spice up the ones that we're talking about. He's sick of hearing about the El Jefe
2: Bowl. Well, it's really good, Mike. Dude, so <laughs> Mike. Mike, have you even had it? Yeah, without Tabasco and get lime. Shout out, Brock Hoffman. Um, yeah, so someone tweeted that... Our PA announcer uh, butchered not only Xavier DB's name but Jamon Gordon both Virginia Tech legends being inducted into the Virginia Tech Sports Hall of Fame this past weekend What are we doing How do you do that How do you, I, I so so I personally am a Bill McChain guy I grew up on Bill McChain so I'm partial to him How do you butcher two of the most like legendary Virginia Tech A, football, and then B, basketball players' names on the weekend that they're... Like, Daryl Jenkins in the multimedia journalism department used to fail kids for misspelling names in news articles. If your only job is to announce names, how do you butcher the home team's guys who are legends? And how do you do that? How do you do that? So yeah, PA announcer is an op, is my Twitter name on Twitter all week long. I think that's a fireable offense. Could we play a game? Yeah, let's play a game. I challenge anybody to try, like, Xavier
0: Adibi, it's a lot of weird letters. It's pretty mnemonic. It's like exactly how it's written. I don't mm-hmm. know how you can possibly, like, did he say Xavier Adibai?
2: Like, like where, how do you pronounce that in, can anyone <laughs> think of a way to pronounce Xavier Adibi incorrectly? I heard he said Jaymon, like, J-A-Y-mon Gordon. It's like, Jamon. <laughs> You just get you it's the minutia. You're trying of it. too hard. It's it's the minutia. You gotta get that right. And I mean It's if, not even minutia. it's just basic reading. If yeah, exact if I'm dude. Hooked no, on
0: phonics, come on.
2: If I'm Xavier DB and I'm Jamon Gordon, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I would be so mad. I would be so mad if my if, if my if, name was mispronounced. They,
1: no, we haven't heard anything about Macho Harris. Yeah, but what
2: if they called
1: him what? Nacho,
2: <laughs> or, or, or like, or what if, they, what if they called him like Victor Harris? Like, yeah, that's his name, but it's you don't call him that in Lane Victor Stadium. Macho Harris. What if he was like and. Welcome Victor Harris. It's like, eh, that's his name on, on his birth certificate, but in Lane Stadium it's Macho Harris. So yeah. I out think, to lunch. Out to lunch. Do better, please. Was pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah, better. If we're being completely
0: honest. Helmet stickers? Should we go ahead and give Xavier and
2: Jamon a helmet sticker? <laughs> is, that, is that
0: what we should do?
2: Yeah. Helmet stickers for Xavier and Jamon. mon All That entire class of 2021 Hall of Fame, and class, Hall of Fame class, congratulations yeah. to every single one of them. Goats. Uh, well Goats. I'm going to give out two helmet stickers. Uh, one of them, well, I guess helmet stickers to the
1: seniors, but uh, in particular, Silas Janzy yes. on that video. I don't sons, know, sons of sobbing, sons of Both sentimental sons. moments.
2: <laughs> Terrell Smith, seventh year, absolute hokey at heart. He's the man. Trey Turner, all just all the seniors, man, get a helmet sticker.
1: You know, I'm going to give a helmet sticker in advance to Trey Turner. Trey, I'm going to send it to you, and you can uh, maybe maybe it'll be a bumper sticker and a helmet sticker. He ain't going to like that <laughs> because no. Trey is driving. To this game in Miami. That is a long drive. I'm so uh, you know, sorry, shout out man. the folks who drove to Miami or Key West or wherever you went. I was from about Blackford. to say, yeah. Um, you know, it's a long drive. It's like a maiden voyage. Every tech
0: person should have to make it. It,
1: um, it is quite a drive. Uh, Trey is going to be driving or getting a ride because of the you know us upper respiratory uh, injury. Air? its not have. safe
2: for him to fly right yeah. now. Yeah.
1: Air right. pressure, cabin pressure. You know, you, you've had your ears pop on an airplane before. So, um, if you guys, Virginia Tech, I am begging you, please
0: let Pete Morris drive and live stream the entire trip. (laughs) (laughs) If you want great content, I want Pete Morris and Trey Turner singing show tunes all the way from Blacksburg, Virginia to Miami Gardens. Please, 12 hours straight, unfiltered. That's 16,
2: pal. (laughs)
0: 16 hours of Trey Turner and Pete Morris, that is a golden, golden An opportunity. Opportunity. We could do some NIL stuff, we'll sponsor it. They could do read-offs like every hour. Pete could do where he buys his steaks and cook some post-game. Trey could, I actually have a bone to pick with Trey. Trey, I think we're at the point where we have to say you might not be parking in the correct spots. <laughs> I think you posted the picture, you kind of self-incriminated. You were parked between the Beamer Barn and the locker room and posted a picture of the parking ticket. To my knowledge, this
1: is not a spot. Trey, why would you park in the staff parking lot? You're not, you're not, you're not on the staff. staff. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, uh, uh, what, what other, uh, is it 21 Jump Street where also
2: they, they, uh, Jonah Hill parking and Park in Jen that Kim. handicap spot. It'll make us look cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, Jonah Hill is in two movies where they park illegally and get either booted or ticketed. <laughs> right. So, yeah, Trey, look, we we're, we're, we're sorry
0: that VT parking seems to have it out for you, but you seem to have it out and parking in the wrong spots. So, it's kind
2: of a it's a kind of a double-edged sword. We can offline about this trip. We can we can. <laughs> we can.
0: Um, but no, yeah, we need uh we need that content from Pete and Trey. Um <laughs> Game balls. I'm very excited for game balls here. Uh, My game ball goes to the heart and soul of this football team. It goes to a guy who you can never question his effort. You can never question his output. Regardless how the season's going, game's going, whatever. Dax Hollowfield, 13 tackles, one tackle for loss. Um, Played with energy. Played with grit all game. Um, And also announced he's coming back next year, which I'm super excited about. He's gotten uh, a lot better this year playing
1: in his natural position. My game ball goes to Dax Holifield. My game ball goes to Speedy Heem, Raheem Blackshear. 12 carries, 117 yards, just under 10 yards per carry, two touchdowns, and a partridge in a pear tree. Uh, no, he also had two receptions for 40 yards and a touchdown. And he is your ACC Running back of the week. Shout out to Raheem Blackshear.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Using
1: him the way we should be using him.
2: There you go. Game ball for me, Braxton Burmeister. Mm -hmm. Tough son of a (laughs) B. Tough son of a B. Sons of censorship. Sons of censorship. Nine for 15, 215 yards, three touchdowns. That's awesome, man. Uh, Continue. We we, we need you these next two games. Stay healthy. Let's get her done. Output on the ground, too. Yeah, nine carries, seventy-one yards, I think, mm-hmm. for uh
1: for BB. Dude, he's quick. We kept saying that he's so sons fast. of speed. Sons he, of and speed he then. also got that wind knocked out of him. Yeah, early on in the game. Yes, and, he did. You know, it thankfully, like it, it was just that. But yeah, where do we go from here? Is I'm actually
0: gonna let you guys take this after I preface it because you guys will have a lot better things to say about this than I will. But to set the table, Miami versus Virginia Tech, the rivalry means a lot. And quite frankly, it's disappointing that it doesn't mean more than it does with Coastal implications, with ACC implications. Both programs are in such a peculiar and weird spot. Um, Yes, there is a outside chance of a point, I think it's 0.03% chance of Virginia Tech competing uh, in the AC Coastal. We'll go ahead and just say that's not going to happen barring some extenuating circumstances. But I just want to turn it over to you guys and just talk to what this rivalry used to be and how bizarre it is. Virginia Tech is playing Miami in Miami at 730, and it's kind of an afterthought in the terms of the national lens.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, First off, this rivalry used to be everything. I mean, behind, especially like back in the Big East days, behind... UVA and West Virginia. It was definitely still on that playing field. Uh, some interesting news out of Miami. They just fired their interim athletic director, Blake James. So kind of fields the question, uh, does that mean Manny Diaz is next? That's not really our problem, but that's something to consider. Uh, yeah, we're both 5-5 five and five heading into this game, which is just, you know, if you told me that 10, 15 years ago, I really wouldn't believe you. Uh, A lot of great games. It's peculiar. The rivalry means a lot. Uh, I think of great games like the 03 Miami game. They come to town. They're number two in the country. We beat them 31-7. Give it to me, Roscoe. Give it to me. Uh, It is not that anymore, which is is a shame. Pat, anything to add on that front? A lot of good games. Logan Thomas in in 2011 was
1: really like the last time that – this game meant something outside of 2017, where we went down there and they, you know, beat the brakes off us uh, in front of a packed house at Hard Rock. Um, but it's not fun knowing that we're playing Miami this late in November, and no one really cares. Uh, you know, two teams that are five and five. I'm excited that you know we still are playing football at this point, but this game doesn't really mean anything other than us making a bowl game. Um, and it's just kind of disappointing of how far we have fallen that that's all we're playing for right now. That and the, uh, the scoring streak, <laughs> which, <laughs>
2: yeah. which is still intact.
1: Um, so seven thirty ACC network. Interesting time slot. Yeah. I thought, I thought for sure it was going to be like a noon, a noon or, or, or three thirty, yeah. but I guess with how, with how the, uh, the rest of the
2: slate looks, this is a game that they think they can get eyeballs on, you know, later into the evening. I guess so I guess, I guess the history Kind of maybe there's, there's some The history of the rivalry The fact that we're both Five and five The fact that we're both Kind of in similar situations I guess from a Just everything perspective If you will um, But yeah I'm uh, I'm excited. I, I hope that... I'm kind of indifferent about the whole thing.
1: The whole where do we go from here thing. If you ask Billy Ray where do we go from here, he's going to tell you the .0093% chance that we have of winning the Coastal right now. I'm not going to let him talk about that. I'm just going to say that we have two games to play. One of them is at Miami, and the next one is at UVA. And we can make a bowl game. Listen... Would love to see us make the Pinstripe Bowl. Little uh, Yankee Stadium action could be a lot of fun. But I have seen uh, on two... No, I think it was just on ESPN's bowl projections. One of them had us going to Tampa for Gasparilla. And the other one had us <laughs> going to the Hawaii Bowl in Honolulu. So, you know, Tampa, not all. How would we possi- Like, those are games that I expect, like... Like
0: Coastal Carolina to play Temple in. Or Rice. <laughs>
3: no, Rice. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you
0: know,
2: Rice. Like Houston or something. Um, but oh. no disrespect to those schools. Yeah, no.
1: Also, we've seen the, the Holiday Bowls played here. Maybe a, uh, a San Diego trip. I'm getting I'm getting I'm warming up on California, guys. I don't know if Southern California You've said it so sick so many times. (laughs)
3: San San Diego, that's it.
1: That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, San Francisco, LA, like I'm sorry, I I don't really, you know, love those cities. But San Diego I hate San Francisco.
0: (laughs) San Diego
1: is legendary. I, I,
0: I I appreciate you holding me accountable. I don't think where do we go from here is the ACC championship. I am simply bringing it to the table that if Pitt loses twice and we win twice, which
1: won't happen, dude, but it is coastal chaos. Here's what you also brought to the table, okay? (laughs) Do you want to know what are the things you brought to the table this fall? What? Virginia Tech will play... West Virginia on Saturday, big game, a trophy game. In 2016, we lost our trophy game and then won like nine straight Right, won ten games. Let's see what happens this year. Did I guarantee a win? No, but, no, I'm saying but apples to oranges. You know, when you're choosing that type of uh, conversation comparison. Yeah, when you're choosing that. They let type me down, man. I was wrong. Hey, when you, I was wrong. I'm saying they're gonna let they're gonna let you down again if you if, if you, think <laughs> that, if you, you go know,
2: down that road. The point, the
1: point zero chance that we're gonna make the ACC
0: championship. All I'm saying is, where do we go from here? Hopefully, we win the next two games and go to a
1: bowl game. Hey, we got these are two big games. Miami. Screw them, UVA, screw them. <laughs> These are rivalry games, on the road, you know. These are games the that, you know, no matter how apathetic Virginia Tech fans have come to be at this point in the year, you should tune in because we're playing Miami and you should tune in because we're playing UVA. Because the opponent, because we don't like them, and because we want
2: to win. I loved that. I loved everything you just said. Oh, I'm going to watch both games, start to finish. Absolutely. Not. I, mean,
1: I, I mean, I would hope you would. You do have to do a podcast <laughs> yeah. about the game. I
2: mean, no, I'm, uh, yeah. You know how apathetic I've become about the whole thing, but uh, here we go again Virginia Tech. I, we get a big win against Duke, and I'm like, no, I care again. That was not a big one. <laughs> All right, well, by a big margin. It's a win. It's a win, 48 to 17. And we don't do
0: it often, so therefore, thus making
1: it big. Thank, Thank you, for, Billy the Ray. Richmond win, how happy we were we after that one? Yeah, not very. So.
0: <sighs> well, we have one letter from the Run Trail that we're going to read. This question comes from our extraordinaire graphic designer, new to the team, freshman in high school. He's got hella eligibility left. <laughs> uh, Spencer Hetmansky. Usually I'd make fun of this question, but actually it's a fun question to answer after having some context from Luke Hancock after the success that we've seen from VT basketball and the lack of success we've seen from football recently. Hopefully we get that turned around. His question is, when is the universal conclusion that Virginia Tech is a basketball school? What type of milestones do we have to hit? Now let's preface this question. I did say that Spencer is a freshman in high school, may not have the historical Virginia Tech breadth as someone, especially as Grayson and Pat. So take it away. How does Virginia
1: Tech become a basketball school? Virginia Tech becomes a basketball school if Virginia Tech wins the ACC in the regular season or wins the ACC tournament. Uh, That's one of the boxes that we're going to have to check. Virginia Tech will become a basketball school if we make probably, I mean, more than consecutive Sweet 16s. Yeah. You know, you got to make you got to make a couple Elite Eight runs to become a basketball school. Luke Hancock said it when he came on the podcast. He said Virginia Tech really hasn't done anything in basketball. And we haven't. Making the tournament does not make you a basketball school. There's 67 other teams that make the tournament every single year. Us making the tournament every single year is awesome, and that's great. That's just like making a bowl game,
2: you know? Consistently winning conference titles makes you a football school. We have three of those under one quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. That makes us a football school, traditionally speaking. With basketball, what's the farthest we've made it in the ACC tournament? The semifinals? And Tyler Hansbrook bro- broke our heart in 2008? I mean, we, we don't have a conference championship in basketball. We've been to the Sweet 16 once in the last how many years? Like, Fifty long time. it's, It's a long time, but then even before that, dude, it was just making the tournament was an accomplishment for us. Also, how difficult is it to break through into that? You look at a school like Michigan,
0: who has not been close to as good on the football field as they have been in their history, and their basketball team has been in national championships. Their basketball team has been in the Final Four, the Elite Eight. And I don't think there's anything Michigan basketball can do to become a basketball school. So I don't really know what the path that is unless our football team is bad for a significant amount of time and the basketball team runs a conference which is essentially the
1: SEC of college basketball yeah, yeah. until the SEC becomes the SEC of college basketball which because they are knocking on the door I mean just look at Alabama the t- Alabama two of Kentucky. the top
0: two of the top three recruiting classes in college basketball are SEC schools in Arkansas and Alabama that's not even Kentucky so, the, uh, the SEC is starting to put money into basketball. Yeah, they're putting money into and it. And watch out.
1: Because they're going to have some basketball schools in the SEC. Yes, they are. I mean. Texas is a they, sleeping
0: giant with they, basketball. Well, they're not in the SEC. Well, they're yeah, going yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma has made some runs in the tournament as well. Alabama is, has a good coach now. They've completely done their redone their
2: facilities. Arkansas. I mean, the Florida Gators have a few back to back national championships in 06 and. And 07. we still haven't talked about Calipariville with yep. uh, Kentucky. Tennessee, Kentucky. Tennessee. 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 Yep. I mean,
0: there's a bunch Bruce of really Pearl good down teams. At South, guys. South Carolina made the Final Four <laughs> years ago <laughs> I with mean, we, uh, Big Frank Mart. We yeah. didn't even plan on doing a segment on SEC basketball. We just named like nine teams that are
2: basically terrible. all the SEC sub, maybe Vanderbilt. Yeah, and uh, it's remarkable how those two things coincide, in both football and basketball are not that great. Yeah, so, <laughs> good baseball team though. Yeah, good. Good baseball. Yeah. Hey, Commodores hey, are nice.
1: Where's Kadeem C these days? He, he was at Ole Miss. Ole Miss.
0: Uh, is he still eligible? I He's think. I think so. He was playing last year.
1: He's been in college. Since I was in college, someone said he he wasn't on Ole Miss anymore, and he's somewhere else. While you, while I
0: look that up, I know Pat, you have a question uh, from the key play that you wanted to read. Yeah, um, it wasn't a
1: question; it was more so a statement that I saw after the game this evening uh, at the key play. Really quickly, I'm so sorry. So, Kadim C is actually on Wake
0: Forest. Yes, no,
2: you get to play in the <laughs> ACC. Lasso. So, no.
0: Kadim C, graduate student. Uh, from Oak Hill Academy. He was at Virginia Tech, Buzz Williams. 2020-2021 uh, senior uh, at Ole Miss, and he is back at Wake Forest as a super senior. Uh, shout out to Real Smith.
1: All right, so at the key play, I would make a deal with the devil for another year of Fuente ball if it meant hoops making the Final Four in NOLA. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with this. I don't. I think calling it a deal with the devil is pretty extreme. I think you could pull 99% of Hokie fans, and every single person would say yes. Yeah, I, I mean, would. I would totally. Can
0: I be take a little that. meaner than that? If you say no to that, you're insane. Who would, <laughs> not, who would not do that? I would cancel football season next year for us to go to the Final Four this year. That is a ludicrous. Ludicrous. Quite, who's saying I no
2: would, to this? Take it a step
1: yeah, further. Who is saying no? I would trade and I would trade two years of Lane Stadium and her Sandman's for a Final Four. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, Come on. What are we talking about? Like, that is not a deal with
2: the devil. Would you? Would you trade with Dan? Would you trade? a deal, deal with, with anybody. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy,
1: yeah, let's make <laughs> this let's deal make right now. Would yeah. you <laughs>
2: trade all of that? Yes. and two years of the Commonwealth Cup. To yes, be able to the final four. Yeah. To be in the final
0: four, to be one of the four best basketball teams in America, and put a ra- put a banner tough, in the rafter, and I'll then I bring that. Billy Ray Jr. BJ BRJ to <laughs> Castle Coliseum, and I say, Billy look Ray at G- that up there. I was there for the final four. Me and Grayson and Pat were slamming hand grenades in <laughs> New
2: Orleans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who is saying no to that?
2: I don't yeah You're I don't get, think going anyone, to get a hurricane of pat o'brien yeah. on bourbon street yeah.
0: do you remember I I, I just think back I, like guys tell me if I'm out of control here 2019 basketball team is one of my fondest memories connected to Virginia Tech athletics in the time that I've known them now granted you guys have a longer history with them than I do post 2014 is there a better team that you love with your heart and soul more than the 2019 Sweet 16 team? No, Other I don't than not so. 2016 football is team. the only team that's close. Yeah, that's it. And that team didn't win the conference, and that team went to the Belk Bowl. It was a great year, but... Sweet 16, best team in program history. Everybody was. I mean, th- come on.
2: What are we talking Got about? A bunch of shooters on that team it was awesome. What are we talking about? That was a fun team. It was an, a, an absolutely unbelievably fun team. Speaking of basketball, let's let's. God, that question was so dumb. Let's give, <laughs> let's give the basketball teams their, their flowers. flowers. <laughs> let's go and give them their flowers. <laughs> the, I know you were going to say that? The women's basketball team. Had an 81-52 victory over the George Mason Patriots. Elizabeth Kitley, y'all, is so good at basketball. It's absolutely insane. She had a Shaquille double... O-Kittley. Shaquille Kitley. Shaquille <laughs> O'Kitley, Double-double, <laughs> 23 points, 10 rebounds uh, to help us knock off the George Mason Patriots. Uh, I love to see what they're doing. I think that they're going to have a phenomenal season. I'm really, really excited about it. And we already mentioned the Virginia Tech men's basketball team beat... Uh, Navy uh, on Friday, and then we just finished watching them beat the Radford Highlanders. Sorry, Big Brother, my older brother Kerry went to Radford. We got that. We got that dub. Uh, very, very fun team to watch. At first, it was a little sloppy. I was about to say, it was, it, little, it was a little. It was a little sloppy today. Uh, not. I, I started to get worried there for half a shake uh, in the first half. I was like, uh, How long is that? Can you define half, half a, a shake? shake? Is about. Five to ten minutes. Okay. I was just like eh. So does that mean a full shake is ten to twenty minutes? <laughs> <laughs> That's what that means. If we're doing math, uh, if we're doing <laughs> if, if, if we're doing milkshake math. Um, what is yeah. a milkshake math? Well, half we just shit. did it. What? Whatever it is, but half a shake. Yeah, no. But we got the dub. Scored sixty-five points. Actually, a kind of a low-scoring game. I feel like for the Hokies, but uh, we. Our ability to shoot the three ball—we got shooters on this team. Hunter Couture, Storm Murphy, Darius Maddox had a couple of threes tonight. Uh, Keve Aluma got involved. Kevin Aluma Kev has that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar-like hook shot. He's he's nice with that. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, yeah he's wow. yeah he's he's real. What a comp. Yeah, there you what go. What a comp. Yeah, you're in good company. Top five man. basketball player of all time. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Pat. I was going
1: to say Hokies in double figures this evening. Justin Mutz.
0: Can I make points. can I say one thing about Justin Mutz? He is I mean, approaching. you should
1: say, you could
2: say a lot. A <laughs> lot of things.
0: <laughs> he is approaching my my Ahmed Hill favorite dunker region. He has a great dunk every game that we play. And his best one of the season came tonight. That was awesome. With the nutmeg from Storm Murphy and just an absolute call by our guy, Evan Hughes. It was, it was awesome. What a beast. It was awesome. I love Justin Mutz. I love the energy he plays with. I don't know of, I do not know of a player in my life that leads
2: a chant while on the court. <laughs> I've never seen that. the student section. That was so then cool.
0: During the play. During the free throw to to at show. the... Yeah. At the line, I, yeah. How do you not love this guy? This guy came from Delaware. He's been in Virginia. T- he's he's by biting. way of High Point. By way of People High, points. Yeah. Mutts high Point. People forget. Justin Mutz was around. Just the Mutz Cut Mobile has been making its rounds across. I mean, BRM Cross Country Bill. Bill, you got Cross Country Mutts
2: or Cross Coast Mutts? I mean, or there's coast, no, there's no but, cross coast. Yeah, you know what I mean? There. Up coast, Mutts. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw, but there was there was a layup that Storm Murphy had on a fast break. He's coming down, and Mutz was behind him, and he was like signaling. He got mad at Storm. (laughs) He was signaling, dude, I was behind you. Lob it up next time. Lob it up. And then not ninety seconds. Literally ninety seconds later, they're coming down the court. Storm hits the nutmeg, cups, cuts through, and then you see Justin Mutz. He's wide open, and Storm just throws it up. And I'm like, dude, that's a hammer. Grabs it one-handed <laughs> and absolutely flushes the basketball. in like it.
0: one twenty-fifth of a shake. It was absolutely
2: unbelievable. <laughs> there we go. The fastest shake the we've fastest seen all year.
1: Yeah, Justin Mutz is going to be that guy this year. Kebe Aluma was getting all the hype early on, you know, and we're, we're only three shakes into the season. But... uh <laughs> Cafe Aluma was getting the ACC preseason player of the year hype, you know, first team all ACC hype. And here we have Justin mutts who, you know, is probably our MVP thus far. Thus far. Yeah. I think, I think two guys on the court that you cannot take off the court that you need on the court on all times are storm Murphy, just the fact that he can create his own shot. Um, but also Justin Mutz is fantastic. Hokies in double figures this evening. Justin Mutz with 11 and eight rebounds. Keve Aluma had 10. Storm Murphy had 17 points as well. Hunter Couture had nine rebounds. Couture is, I mean, he's a fun player to watch too. All these guys are so much fun to watch. You know, you saw Gasan had a nice dunk. Maddox contributed. A little quiet from uh, from Big John. He did have five rebounds, but nothing as far as. Uh, scoring any points. And we did see some action from uh, from Sean Padula as well. He had a nice three. And he did a little 360 spin move with a little floater in the lane. Uh, got Ben Varga, Lynn Kidd, Jalen Haynes all got out there tonight. Um, so, just great stuff from the guys. Yeah, now, a couple of... Can I, can I pick next? some nits real yeah, quick? Some, Let me pick some I nits. Mean, yeah, it was a slow start. Uh,
0: we had 15 turnovers today. Can't have that. And another—this is the second game I'm mentioning it. I, I just—I think this is something that must improve about this basketball team. We only shot six free throws today. Uh, this team has to get to the free throw line more. Um, so those are my two nits to pick. And then, Pat, I would argue this. I think it's been a slow start by Kevin Aluma. I think we're figuring out where he fits in. Guy is an NBA talent. I, I'll just— you know me, I'm a positive guy. I'll spin it. If we're able to get Kev Aluma going to the you know, level that we think he's able to play at, where does that put this team? With Justin Mutz playing the way that he plays, Storm Murphy playing the way that he plays, I mean, that really pushes you over the top.
1: Uh, you know, we talked about 2019 earlier in this podcast. Think about how Kerry Blackshear Jr. took that next step forward, and he was a key piece, an integral part of that 2019 team. That's kind of what we're going to need to see from from Aluma as well if we want to, you know, if we want to be a first weekend versus second weekend or third weekend or deeper tournament team, you know, we're going to need every guy to, you know, provide the most efficient and effective minutes as possible.
0: Yeah, I would. Uh, I would again say, hey, be sure that y'all are checking out the Sons of Saturday Ho- Hokey Hoops podcast, which is done by Mike and Ed Williams, Mike McDaniel and Ed Williams, respectfully. <laughs> um, but they did a great
1: job. We just put one out. I know, Pat. Do you have one more thing? I have some some breaking news, guys. Oh, that's important. Check the Twitter. We're going to be doing some Rothstein reactions <laughs> <laughs> after big time wins. Uh, you know, if if you are hip to John Rothstein on Instagram, he's always doing a Rothstein reaction. I'm going to be doing the same thing. And, uh, you know, hopefully you guys don't think it's weird. (laughs) Dude, who cares if you think Uh, it's weird? Uh, If you like doing it, then you like doing (laughs) it. Grayson,
0: we have some other awesome stuff. We want to uh, talk about some of the other awesome stuff. I know our. The uh, women's soccer team has some ex- uh, exciting stuff going on, but go ahead and let them know what where else we can catch hockey
2: sports. Yeah, yeah. A lot of upcoming events. First off, I want to shout out Ethan Aguigui. Uh, did I say that? I hope I said that right. Ethan, if you're listening, I, I, I know you wanted me to shout out Virginia Tech Wrestling. has got a huge match this coming Friday against the Ohio State Buckeyes. Friday, November 19th. And then they have, on the following day, Gardner-Webb. Men's basketball, we got St. Francis this Thursday, and then Merrimack on Sunday, or actually I believe next Monday. Women's basketball plays Coppin State on November 17th, and then Campbell on November 20th. Women's soccer plays at Arkansas this Friday, November 19th. In the tournament. In the tournament, swim and dive, Ohio State invitation, that's this weekend, the 18th through the 20th. And then volleyball plays Boston College on Friday. And then at Notre Dame, shout out Brian Finn, who's in the house, uh, on November 21st. So, And then Virginia Tech football. Miami game is, is this Saturday. Pretty on important. A lot of stuff going on. A I'm lot of stuff think. going on. Is there anything else that we need to mention? Um, across
0: the ACC, uh, UVA struggled against Notre Dame. They're missing Brendan Armstrong. His availability is going to be paramount uh, coming up the rest of this season. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Virginia's got a great offense. They have a good football team this year. That's going to be a tremendous challenge. With Miami, um, they lost a really pretty weird game against Florida State. It's, I, I got to tell you, I can't get over how bad the state of Florida is at football this year. I mean, Florida Gators have completely fall off the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. Florida State, who the hell where, knows where what's are what's they on there? Where? <laughs> and Miami is still not back. It's just, it's a weird, weird, weird time. Uh, You'll Pat.
2: Have to make dinner. Then she'll want to have a sleepover. You'll have to find pajamas.
1: and blankets and pillows for everyone when she sees the pillow. All right, we're going to stop that now. (laughs) That was Mike Young reading a bedtime story. We're almost getting close to bedtime here. It is getting close to bedtime. Um, Other than that, smile and
0: shout-outs. Any shout-outs from you guys. I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to shout-out Pat and Grayson coming to San Diego. I had a ton of fun with you guys being here. Brian Finn, great that he made it down here as well on his uh, trip to go down to Arizona. Uh, he has left the clutches of corporate America. He said, J.P. Morgan, I'm J.P. out of here. And he's moving in to private banking. So shout out to our guy, Brian Finn.
1: Um, J.P. out of here. <laughs> Go ahead. Pat, you're up next. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to follow that one up. <laughs> we had a very, very interesting waitress this evening.
2: Okay. Um, oh, my <laughs> And You
1: know, I just... I think the word uncomfortable is really just the.
2: Uh... <laughs> I felt like I was in the movie The Shining, and she had been working there since 1937, and and and, 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 and like her soul was trapped there, and is the next Jack Torrance. Can, can can we say though, we grew on her as the night went by. Yeah, she
0: sure,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was really uncomfortable. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so shout out, shout out to the waitress. Um, <laughs> I guess. guys, a shout out. Uh, didn't really enjoy the pizza that, that's what i get for ordering pizza welcome know, to
2: california no good pizza out here um
1: yeah shout out to you guys it's been a lot of fun san Diego's awesome and uh the weather is pretty good
2: <laughs> yeah shout out to uh shout out to brandon and billy for hosting pat uh Bri- and brian and i brandon's back there playing some halo infinite uh, we love that <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we just had a, a great weekend. All, all three of us sang some karaoke. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Pat, you were great at karaoke. Yeah, that was Pat, awesome. Pat, was, Pat was a huge shit at karaoke, karaoke. People are talking. At karaoke. But that's that's all I got, gentlemen. <laughs> Guys, cool. expect a – go ahead, Pat. I didn't mean to cut you off. That's not bad. I just going to say expect a preview later this
1: week <laughs> for uh, for the Miami game. Uh, sucks to be you, as they say. It does, As Andy, they do.
0: Suck to be you. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you soon
1: time to wander
3: tripping in the sand we smoke out windows drink till we can't stand but i saw you dance like you want to in my head and all she said is oh i what you're thinking